who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Sarah Michelle Gallagher, Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Welcome back to We Stand Together. Yes, welcome, welcome. We Stand Together is a pop culture academic symposium. We are the pop culture professors. That mm-hmm. Just a couple of gals who are obsessed with pop culture, and someone thought it was okay to let us become professors, too. <laughs> and we decided that that makes us pop culture professors. I think so. so. And we are smart people talking dumb topics. Mm -hmm. So what are your pop culture credentials? Mm -hmm. What are you standing this Mm -hmm. week? Uh, So Lauren, what are you standing this week? What is obsessing you? Okay, so, you know, the last couple weeks, as I've said on the show, like I am still very much in the thick of my actual academic career. I am I have a virtual classroom and I am teaching somehow more hours than are actually in a day. And so right now, my stand of the week isn't actually a pop culture thing. It's just a thing that's helping me stay alive. And that is copper cow coffee. <laughs> and I want to be very clear right now. This is not we we did not get like a sponsorship. They are not they no. are not giving us anything free. Um, I am paying full price for this coffee. But it is Honest to God, what keeps me alive? It is so good. It's this. Uh, it's Vietnamese coffee, and it's um like single pour over cups. Like you get like they come in yes. little little individual things, and you pour over, and it's so good. And it's a female owned 
company based out of uh, California and Debbie Way Mullen, owner and inventor. <laughs> I just love you. I love her so much right now. Um, and I just, I love, I just, I'm going to cry thinking about it. I just, that's what I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with Copper Cow wow. Coffee. Wow. Name checking the owner. Yeah. That is standing. Yeah. That is standing. I love her and I love their product. Um, Caitlin, what are you standing right now? Well, as we uh, approach year 300 of Shelter in mm-hmm, Place, mm-hmm. I am really got to give it up for specifically travel Instagrams <laughs> because they let me leave my bedroom yeah. in my mind. Um, I want to give a shout out to Travel and Leisure. The one that's just called Epic.Travels. <gasps> I don't know what you are, but thank you for existing. I love pictures of like flowers in London. Mm-hmm. We've got you know amsterdam canals we've got safaris thank you because uh as the listeners know i have a hamper for a Mm -hmm. desk Mm -hmm. the view out my window is a parking lot and i like to escape and i want to thank i I don't know where they're getting these pictures by the way and i don't know that it's safe so maybe i'm condoning something very wrong but (laughs) thank you for taking them (laughs) Thank you. I know it's I do I want to escape so bad. So I had a student at one of my classes today who's in France and I could see like the back in the background. I was like, where are you right now? And he was like, oh, and I was like, this is weird. Can you just turn your camera a little bit? I want to see the outdoors. (laughs) And they were like, they suddenly felt very sorry for me. And I was like, no, no, things are cool here in Queens. It's fine. <laughs> um, no, I miss escaping too, especially when we're recording and I'm in my closet. Um, right. Yeah. It, or as former guest Mariah Smith has pointed out about my background, could Any- be anywhere strangely <laughs> nondescript, <laughs> which is a fact. Uh, but you know, yes, our mental health <laughs> is being propped up by particular brands of coffee and possibly unethical Instagrammers. But you know what we always stand is our guest. Yes, yes. We have <laughs> we have a window into the world through today's incredible guest. And I'm very pumped. Yes, please welcome Susie Meister. Hi, friends. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. What an We're honor. pumped. Oh. Uh, truly, <laughs> I mean truly, <laughs> but <laughs> nonetheless, thank you, thank you <laughs> for making time. Honestly, thank you, pleasure. thank you for listening to that introduction and not getting off like, and not hanging up. No, you are still here, and I thank you for that. <laughs> My favorite part was the questionable Instagram accounts. <laughs> questionable <laughs> methods. We just we don't know for sure. I assume they're old pictures. I assume we have to. Tell, we have to tell ourselves they are. We just have to. We must yeah. believe. believe in the best, you know, which is sort of what today is all about, because a really great. Call. Yeah, because today we're talking all about religion and TV. Yeah. What totally. made you guys decide to, to talk about that? What inspired you? Well, we know that you have done academic study of religious studies. So being that, you know, we call ourselves pop culture mm-hmm. professors and we always like to give our creds, but we really think you are probably the most credentialed person we've ever had on this <laughs> podcast false. that can't oh, no. be true uh yeah so what uh is your work in this field well i have a phd in religious studies from the university of pittsburgh 
So there's that. Mm-hmm. And my yeah, my focus was on evangelicals in the US, but I mean they they often used to boycott a lot of TV, so there's that <laughs> <laughs> there was that overlap. But now I work in entertainment. I sort of you know how like you you get a degree and then like academia is so noble and beautiful, but it's not well funded. <laughs> No, no. So if you want to make a couple bucks, sometimes you got to work around the system. Yeah. So I was like, let me combine religion, but with my, my love of pop culture, which you guys share. Mm-hmm. So that's what I absolutely. Yeah. We feel that. We feel yeah. that. Um, Lauren, what do you feel like is your specific credit to discuss um, religion <laughs> on TV? So I have a couple. You know, I was thinking about this and. At first, the first thing that came to mind is the fact that I've seen every episode of Joan of Arcadia, which was a TV show uh, where Amber Tamblyn was a teenager who could <laughs> speak to God. Uh, it was a great television series that ended too soon. I think about it at least once a week. Like, truly. Did he speak back? He or she? Mm, yeah. Yeah. God, God took on uh, different people in the world. And she would. Oh. It was like Joan of Arcadia. Or Joan of Arc. <laughs> it was like she was Joan of Arc, oh. but in Arcadia. It was it was a wild show. I loved it. Um, seen every episode. Wait, wait, wait. What did you love about it? I loved everything about it. I loved uh, the fact that she had this little boyfriend who had perfect hair. <laughs> um, I loved the fact that Mary Steenberg, I think, played her mom. Uh, I don't know. It always felt... I liked the fact that she was sort of like a... A Daria-esque sort of like cranky teen, but who was having to deal with like belief and and magic and wonder in the world. Mm-hmm. Also, it kind of reminded me of that song, What If God Is One Of Us music video. Of course. I don't know. It was just sort of a perfect fever dream for me. Seminal. Yeah. Seminal. Um, yeah, makes sense. And then, I love that video. Uh, that was a good one. It's a great video. Mm-hmm. And then I guess artistically, uh, I'm thinking <laughs> this wasn't about television per se, but, you know, religion and the arts. I, I grew up in the Bible Belt in Oklahoma and my dad was an atheist Jew and my mom was an lapsed Catholic. And one time I was told. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of sitcoms. Yeah, speaking of sitcoms. <laughs> but I remember very distinctly when I auditioned for Annie, Get Your Gun. Um, I was. Oh, no. I, I did not get the lead role like I had hoped. And I, a girl grabbed my hand after the cast list went out and said, I'm so sorry. If your dad wasn't Jewish, maybe things would be different. No. And that's a real that's like a real memory I have from 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 childhood of being told that maybe if my dad wasn't wow. Jewish I would have been the lead. And I I know that has nothing to do with TV, but it was the f- mm. the first story that came to mind when we were prepping for this. Yeah, yeah I'd say it's pretty it still relevant. Stings, huh? <laughs> I'd say it's pretty relevant. So, you know, a lot of Broadway actors are uh on the down low evangelical Christians. So, Lauren, I don't want to <laughs> say she was right. Wait. I don't want to say she was right. Are they? Yeah. They're like closeted Christians on Broadway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> low key. I'd say huh. I'd say less closeted and more just like low key about it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. But yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. It makes sense because, you know, I can see how theater kids would also love like youth group culture. Oh, exactly. yeah. Mm-hmm. Youth group culture. Yes. 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 Why? Why do you see? Yeah. That was the thing that was very, <laughs> very hard for my like community theater friends like that I knew they would always be like so what youth group are you in I'm like I don't have one and that was always very confusing for them they're like I don't understand and I was like 
You yeah. just a, a youth on your own out <laughs> Where's there? Where's your group? A youth <laughs> no alone? Group? I was like, I'm in Girl Scouts. They're like, that's not, that's not the <laughs> that same. Doesn't that doesn't count. Caitlin, what are your connections to this topic? Your credentials? Um, well, you know, we were destined to host this podcast <laughs> together and be friends because I was uh, kicked out of Sunday school <laughs> for doing an impression of Dana Carvey's The Church Lady that I had seen on SNL the night before. Because I guess I was allowed to stay up. Um, Wait, how old were you? I mean, had to be like six. <laughs> wow. And truly, I thought they'd like it because it is relevant to their interests. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no. I didn't get that it was like making fun of church people. I was like, y- you're at church. You're going to love this. <laughs> oh, man. And then what? Would they make you sit out in the hall or what? Yes, Susie knows. <laughs> yes, you're out in the hall. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No sticker. Oh, wow. No sticker out in the hall. Did you learn a valuable lesson? <laughs> No. <laughs> well, I did, just not the one they wanted. That they're humorless. Because <laughs> yes. I think when my mom found out, she was just like, oh, uh, okay, this is stupid. <laughs> did you find the church lady impression, the Dana Carvey version, super funny? You loved it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's accurate. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh. I, you know, Caitlin, you're absolutely right, though. We were predestined to meet because I may not have gotten thrown out of my uh, church youth group for Dana Carvey impressions, (laughs) but probably around the same time I was trying to perfect my uh, my impersonation of him doing his chopping broccoli song. That was very big for young Lauren. I would belt it to the top of my lungs. So he spoke to both of you. He did. Wow. 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 <laughs> Joe Arcadia was speaking to God and we were speaking to Dana Carvey. That's says a lot. I think it's a better choice, to be honest. Garth. <laughs> Garth. Oh. He's with you as always, as Garth. With you, with you as always. <laughs> um, wow. So that's all of our creds. I'd say they're all equal. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the oh, I will say the other cred, I mean, truthfully, is back when I was first on MTV's Road Rules, which is, you know, the sister show to real world mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. still casting like the virginal christian yes. girl um and sometimes boy and so that trope was uh, i embodied it yeah. and then they would mm-hmm. sort of ramp it up like it, i did bring a bible <laughs> on the rv and read it okay. and they played it in an episode with like choir like a- angelic <laughs> music so i feel like that really made might put me over the top of the credential list. Uh, yeah, special right there. Yeah, that's that's not a crud that many. <laughs> yeah, it's a dubious distinction. That's a never been edited with choir music. No, I, but it's now a goal. It's now something on my bucket list. I will be edited with choir music. Come Don't hell be or jealous. high water. Come hell or high water. It's coming. We are jealous, <laughs> which is a sin. So we're ugh, we're doing it all wrong. Um. On that note, let's get into a game, shall yeah. we? We are calling this uh, TGIG, which is, thank God it's God. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so despite or perhaps because of America's deep religious nature, we don't have a lot of shows where you see religion regularly on TV outside of 
Christmas episodes, maybe an occasional Easter episode. Easter doesn't even really get in there. Mm -hmm. So there are exceptions. Susie, I'm going to describe a show and I'm going to give you multiple choice answers. You're going to tell me the correct one. Okay. First one. Reverend Eric Camden, a Protestant minister living in the fictional town of Glen Oak, California, as well as Eric's wife, Annie, and their seven children go on adventures. Yeah. I think that's Seventh Heaven. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She doesn't even need A Seventh Heaven. Yeah, you, you don't even need this. You don't even Wait, need them. tell me what the choices were, though. Okay, A Seventh Heaven, B Ninth Circle of Hell, <laughs> C White People Face Problems. <laughs> I really should have let you say all those first. That's hilarious. No, it's quite all right. And tidbit: this was the most watched ever show on the WB. Did you watch it? Yes. Yes. Every not I've seen Seventh Heaven possibly more than any other show because it not it was in syndication. So your parents might not always be home for you after school, but <laughs> the Camdens always were. Like the Camdens were always there. My mom's probably listening to this episode, going, "I was af- I was home after school for you every day." To which I say, <laughs> "Mom, the joke doesn't work if if I pretend like you were always supporting me." But yeah, uh, but no, Seventh Heaven was on constantly because they would do back to back episodes too. So Monday through Friday, it was on for like two hours a day at least did you find it soothing i truly don't know what it was about the show that like hooked me but i would watch it all the time there's something about it it's like a screensaver or something like it doesn't it's soothing in the way that it doesn't like overly engage you either i think it's probably Mm -hmm. the same part of my brain that like enjoys a hallmark christmas movie you know like You know everything's gonna be baseline it's not gonna challenge you too much yeah it's not unsettling well, until you find right. out what happened to Reverend Camden in real life. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> That's unsettling. <laughs> and then suddenly you're unsettled. Then suddenly. And you're unsettled. And then you're unsettled. All right. God sends angels on missions to people at crossroads in their life. Is it A, touched by an angel, B, hacked by a spirit, or C, <laughs> keep grandma entertained for an hour? <laughs> well, I mean... It's A, but really C. <laughs> correct. Correct. I mean, that's Absolutely correct. 100% true. They love that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my grandma loved it. Is that the one with Della Reese? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and Roma. I, I look, yes. And when Roma Downey got married right. uh, to the to Mark Burnett, who created Survivor and The Apprentice, speaking of mm-hmm. w- weird stuff, Della Reese officiated their wedding. And wow, this show was so popular, it spurned a spinoff called The Promised Land about a family who like lived in an RV or something. I don't really know. I don't know that one. I I can't tell. This is so strange to me because I am not a religious person, but I realized prepping for this episode, I have consumed so much Christian content in my life. I watched The Promised Land regularly, and I don't think anyone else in my household did. I think I watched it alone. (laughs) Do you think that you're like a seeker? Are you looking for a religious identity? Well, I mean, growing up in the Bible Belt with parents who were not super religious, I always, I I was. As a kid, I was always trying to figure it out and understand it because it was such a big part of other people's lives. And I think what, and I particularly remember as a tween, uh wanting like baby starting to babysit but then finding out that most people found their babysitters through their church and i remember like oh, that being wow. like a thing capitalism well and i remember it being like a thing because i was like do i need to go to church to get clients it was actually a thought that i had clients <laughs> <laughs> right. like little 13 year old lauren was like i guess i gotta go to church 
<laughs> that is for sure a thing. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right. Number three. This animated children's series revolves around the adventures of babies, including their introduction to <laughs> Jewish holidays and traditions. Is it A, Rugrats, B, Bubbies, C, Pickled Children? I did not know Rugrats was about Jewish kids learning about Judaism. Well, it's not like, yes, that's the correct answer. It's not every single episode, but they are Jewish. Yes. And they, that's part that's of their great. lives. That's great. I should watch that. The ha- they have a they have a really great episode that explains the story of Hanukkah from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Good for them. We need more of that. That's pretty cool. Exactly. All right. Here's, here's the fourth one. <clears throat> this sitcom revolves around Sherman Hemsley as a deacon and lawyer whose daughter is pursuing the new reverend in Philadelphia. Is this... A, amen, B, hallelujah, or C, hot for pastor. Oh, God, I forgot. It's amen. It's amen. I forgot about that show. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, he is. He was a national treasure, let's be honest. Absolutely. What, what network was that on? NBC. Oh, okay. How do you know that, Caitlin? That's just like, I don't know. It's just part of this show. I, I do I do have a strange memory for what network everything was on. It's great. It's a great trick. She's like a... She's I'm like, jealous. She's, it's a party She's trick. a TV guide from 1998 come to life. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Right. The, yeah, you, you should throw it out, really, and you should make room for other things in storage, but here I am. Do you have like a favorite TV era? Is it the 1998 time period? It probably is the 90s. Though, I mean, TV now is good good and probably better, but I don't have the nostalgia for it because it's happening yeah. now. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> it's more meaningful when, because it was formative. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. All, All right. right. On that note, let's take a break. Yeah. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Don't 
During Women's History Month, come explore what feminism means to you with nonfiction storytelling podcast, Thread the Needle. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and we are back. Susie, four for four in that first game. I know. Well, I mean, wow. I know, I'm encyclopedic. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, Well, I would like to take you guys on a journey, a religious journey through my thesis, Mm -hmm. um, which actually deals with reality TV, which we haven't brought up yet, really. Um, And my thesis is that the most pious woman ever depicted on television is Janelle from Sister Wives. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now, Sister Wives, if you don't know, is a show on TLC... About the Brown family, which has run for, and I just, I need to make sure I can see your faces when I say this, 14 seasons. <laughs> oh, wow. Whoa. <laughs> wow. And keep in mind, every episode is about two hours long. Wow. <laughs> for real? Yeah, because they have to cover all this cast, which is huge and sprawling, because the show focuses on Cody Brown. That's Cody with a K, you guys. Please get it right. Um, and his four wives, Mary, that's M-E-R-I, Janelle, <laughs> who I'll, Janelle, who I'll be speaking on, Christine, normal spelling, boring, and Robin, who was added about season yeah. five or something. This is really like a sitcom where they can just add characters. <laughs> <laughs> because instead of like we talked about Fresh Prince last week, where they switched out the Aunt Vivs, you don't need to switch them out. You just add. So the show follows them. So they are FLDS, which means they're fundamentalist Latter-day Saints. But they will be quick to tell you they aren't the creepy kind. Because <laughs> they hate Warren Jeffs. They, all of the wives are, I mean, all the wives are in their 40s now. But they never got married when they were like 14 or whatever. Yeah. There's nothing There's no untoward. pedophiles or like uniforms. No. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they really hate that. In fact, there was an episode where their teen girls like pranked them and wore those um those like uniforms and they 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 hated it. They had like a breakdown. Yeah. Cuz they <laughs> they probably think it makes them look bad, right? A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. They're very worried about it. And they I mean, they do have connections to that. <laughs> <laughs> they're kidding themselves. Like, they're not part of it, but like they they know those people. Um you know, that's the thing. Um, but I think the show is, I don't like shows like this that much. Like, I don't like the Duggars at all because I think they're all brainwashed and yeah, creepy. Yeah. The show is so watchable because the brown kids think their parents are so ridiculous that it's really fun. And for instance, one time, one Halloween, the wives dressed up as earth, wind, fire, and I guess water. water yeah. and they hated it. They just kept making fun of their moms so much. <laughs> just stuff like that happens all the time where they just have cheesy moms, which is normal. Right. So they uh, make fun of like the cheesiness, but not the polygamy. No, they do make fun oh. of the polygamy because because at one point um, they got involved with this like pro polygamy protest. The parents did. And they're trying to <laughs> convince their kids to drive from Vegas to Utah to be a part of this. And the kids are just like, we just don't care. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like no one cared. And Cody in, you know, misguided is like, everyone cares about everyone else's rights, but what about polygamy rights? And his kids are just mm. like, no, because it doesn't matter. No one cares. <laughs> Um, and none of the kids want to be polygamists. Most of them are married now and are following different faiths, actually. Some are uh, LDS. Some are trying to be LDS normal. Yeah. Uh, and some are evangelical Christians, but none of them are interested in polygamy at all. Um, oh, that surprises yeah, me. I think it's just they've really grown up with it being a hassle. <laughs> It's just uh, too many mortgages or whatever. Because Cody has yeah, like ten exactly. houses. Oh, every episode, like you, like when I meet a fellow sister wives fan, it just means there's something that scratches your brain about five adults trying to figure out how to move lawn chairs for ninety minutes. <laughs> because almost every episode is not a big blow up. It's just like, oh, it's Madison's graduation. How, okay, we need everyone's chairs. We need the chairs. It's uh, just logistics. Cody, can we move these chairs and you'd think they'd be good about it because they have 18 kids and they are not they're so bad at it um so all of this is just back up on the show to get to my girl janelle who i really just find a fascinating character so each wife seems to be in it for their own reasons um mary the first wife is just obsessed and in love with cody yeah, which is loves him or did they're kind of not in a great place um <laughs> christine both loves cody and is a big believer and she grew up a mm -hmm. uh, polygamist and in fact she said it was her goal to be a third wife in life this a was third one. specific yes specifically wants to be third because she said first there's no other wives so that's not fun second there's too much tension and third you're the fun one <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh! I see. She's the blonde so she got, lady. Okay. So she got her wish. She is the third one. So she loves all parts of it. She loves being a polygamist. She loves Cody. Robin's the fourth one, and she's she's a tricky gal. She's a smart woman, and she needed help. She she needed help with the three kids she has, and she found it. She found built-in babysitters. She found a good situation. Praise be to Robin. But but Janelle truly i think has to be the one that absolutely believes the doctrine because i can't see what she's getting out of it at all if not she thinks this is how she's going to be saved mm -hmm. she first of all she works she's like yeah. a businesswoman or was when they started she works full time she loves her kids but she is not overly into like like the rest of them are very pinterest very etsy mormon mm -hmm. like you know, like spray painting a pillow, live, laugh, love. Did, yeah, and didn't she is, they have a business for a while, like jewelry making? Yeah, they did. And she kind of put the end of that because she was like, this doesn't make money. <laughs> uh, my sister wife's closet is what it was called, which is not appealing. <laughs> no. Um, no. Um, and she's also just a cool chick. <laughs> like, I, I like her. Like, she just eye rolls so much of their drama away. Because like, that's the truth. Cody likes the drama. That is why he has four wives. It's because he loves being in fights and he loves drama. She just puts that all at an arm's length, doesn't care at all. Um, and in fact, like f in the very beginning, her son Logan, I felt was raising Christine, the other <laughs> wife. <laughs> I can't believe you know all their names. 
I don't, I don't know that I okay I am pretty good with this stuff but I'm not convinced I could tell you all of their names but the, you know there's kind of the older kids are sort of the prime players mm-hmm. the, the babies are, are are nothing um though I will say I do think she's a gay rights icon um because she invited a gay man over to their house very early on like when they were still in hiding in Utah and it was a very funny episode because he she had clocked him as probably being gay and he had clocked her as probably being a polygamist. <laughs> so they had to like come out to each other at work. Wild. For pro- yeah. Yeah. Um, and their daughter, Mariah, who is bio daughter of Mary and Cody, uh, came out and uh, I remember Janelle. <laughs> it was a big deal as it is. And then Mariah finally said it and Janelle was like, oh, God, good. I thought you were going to say you have cancer. And then she just hugged her and left the room. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. She was just done with it. Um, so I just find her fascinating because I've never seen someone that I think like is truly living their life, even though they could be living a different life based on doctrine. Like, I think she's just like, yeah, I believe it. I got to do this. I got to be around Christine, who's annoying. Mary, who got catfished and is a terrible person, honestly. Um how did she get catfished? Oh, girl. Well, <laughs> a woman pretended to be a man and like romanced Mary online. And it's super bad because like part of the romancing, if you will, was just talking about how badly she's treated by the Brown family, by her own family. And she was like, yeah, you're right. And like that all came out. They all are still a family, by the way. Um <laughs> But she was thinking this is a man and that maybe she was in love kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. How did her and Cody get past this? Well, he was distracted (sighs) a lot of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would argue they haven't really. Like, they actually have kind of broken up as a romantic pairing. Like, they all still live together. But since then, she's... Basically, it's been... um, indicated that she has given up her night of the week so he doesn't visit her anymore oh okay well good for her which is dumb you should know if you guys if you find yourself in a polygamous situation (laughs) never give up your night that's a bargaining chip don't don't so you feel like she's not being cunning enough she's not though Mm. i mean she is not she's had it it feels like caitlin you want the sister wives to be living as if they're playing like survivor or the challenge not living their lives lauren they do live that way it's just that some of them are bad players that's a really good point that it's sort of a competition show i mean robin knows that when robin entered she was like i'm winning um there's a scene where krista Christine tells Mary off that I was like, oh my, you are eliminated, Mary. You are eliminated from the family. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Do you think there's a favorite wife right now? Robin. Yeah, she's tops. But Janelle is a rock. So, like, Janelle is dependable. Christine, because she's romantically in love with her husband, a crazy thing that she chooses to do, um, is up and down. And then Mary is out. That is... Wow, it's so wild because I was like 
really into this show when it first came out, I guess, back in, like, when I was in grad school, I guess sometime around, like, 2012, I was probably watching it a lot. And Mm -hmm. I, like, knew that it was still on the air, but, like, really hearing (laughs) you go all all in, it's like, wow, this show just... Well, you know that their five oldest daughters have all had, like, wedding episodes now. Like, that's been a huge thing. And it... Revive the series. And it's never going to end because they could always just start focusing on any of the 18 children at any time correct and madison already has two kids wow that's how it feels with the kardashians too there's just so many of them uh it, i would give maybe anything to see a crossover episode <laughs> <laughs> keeping up with the browns get along they would i mean they have a lot of the same principles they have very female focused families yes and that's another thing i think people think that like cody like i think your stereotype walking into it would be that whoever like a man that wanted to do this would be like a super macho man but in fact he like just loves being around women mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's so excited to have four wives and he has overwhelmingly more daughters for what you know luck of the draw and he loves it <laughs> do you think he's gonna add a new wife sometime no he's tapped out because now he I has a free night and everything it's true it's, it's an true. opening wait Okay, also, question. So, I'm looking at their wiki, and Cody and Mary Please. got divorced in 2014. Was that so he could legally marry... I would love to approach this yeah, subject. Talk to you. Yeah, um, He and Mary had been the only legally married ones. This is actually a great Janelle point, and thank you for bringing yeah. that up, Lauren. They, it was Mary's idea for them to get legally divorced so that he could legally marry Robin and it makes it easier for him to adopt her three kids. Got it. Great idea. And this really brought Mary back into the fold because she was not highly favored. But the person who I was shocked, and this is why the show is so amazing. I thought Christine was going to throw a fit that things went out of order, if you will. But Janelle was upset. (gasps) And I think it's because like from a business perspective, (laughs) she wants the legal. She felt like she should have gotten that. Well, yeah. Well, it's a whole thing within their like culture that like, yeah, you would you she would get it next and now she'll never get it. Mm. Ouch. Yeah, but there's no consequences when she's upset. Right. They all make themselves heard. (laughs) 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 There are consequences. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, usually it's each other like they they will make him make up with another wife because they hate like when things are uneven. More often than not, they're back up to each other. I would say nine out of ten times. And you think these people are happy? (sighs) Mary is not. (laughs) But the rest of them actually are, I think. That's good. You know what? That's all. I mean, wow. Yeah. I, yeah. (sighs) There's just so much there to possibly, I don't even know where to dive in. Do they attend church on camera? They um they will do church services at their house. They don't really go to a church. Yeah. So Cody's also weird. like a pastor. Right. Good for him. Real right. Renaissance man. <laughs> he really is. Wow. Between nothing and <laughs> sometimes doing a pastor. Wait, doesn't he have a job? <laughs> Not really. Just I, the guess, show? I guess the shows make them I so mean, much money. Those chairs. The chairs take so much what time. What do you do before um, the show though? Because they- he had a business that like has left my brain it's left even my brain but like at the time that the show got picked up they were all working but since the show was so popular they've been able to like 
stop? At the very beginning, Janelle and Cody worked full time. Mary worked part time. And Christine was the stay at home mom. Like child child minder for all okay. of them. Woo. Which that must have been the hardest job of all. Christine is a spe- like Christine doesn't yes for for a normal person yes but for christine she like has had to be told like how bills work or that like like she grew up flds so she doesn't really know a lot about the outside world they when they moved to vegas they started their kids started going to public school and she could like her daughter mckelty would go like three or four days a week and she thought like mckelty's killing it like that's most days like she doesn't get <laughs> that like she, so yes while you're right that that caring for like eight children under 14 is the hardest job for christine it was a good role <laughs> wow wow <laughs> just cash i'm just my daughter's casually going to school about three days a week if she feels like it is a wild thing to hear they just she just didn't get it wow she doesn't get it well yeah I believe you. I, I, I believe your take. Janelle does seem like she must be very pious to to be holding it all down. Yeah, thank she you. sounds like a faithful lady. I think she is. I think she is. Uh, well, thank you guys for hearing me out. Um, <laughs> Thanks for reminding me that this wild world exists out there. I mean, try to keep up season by season because once you're back a season, you're back about 50, 60 oh, hours of I, I think today reminded me that I, of a show that I will never again be up to date on because there's just too much. There's too much. There's too many people yeah, on the cast. Just, yeah, just follow them on Instagram. You do not. Some of them. Which one? Jan- Janelle, for sure. Madison. Um, maybe Aspen with a Y. Wow. Wow. Caitlin, this is uh, a lot. This is so much. I love it. I love it. Well, I think I think I think we need to take a break because I need to take a moment to uh, go follow some 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 accounts on Instagram. Please do. Thank you. Find Aspen. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. My thumb is tired from all the scrolling I just did. <laughs> Scrolled through a lot of family profiles connected to sister wives. Thank you for my new hobby, Caitlin. Uh, oh, yeah. No but problem. I think since since Susie did such a phenomenal job on the first game, we got to put her knowledge to the test again. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. It. I mean, yeah. honestly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's a lot at stake here, Susie. A lot at stake. Yeah, that's the thing is the stakes are yeah, so high. Yeah. <laughs> that is the thing. That's the thing. All right. I can do All it. All right. Um, so we we are going to play a game we call the Religious Challenge. Uh, we couldn't have you on the show without talking a little bit about the challenge. So I'm going to give you a religious concept and then three challenge competitors. And you tell me who most evokes that concept for okay. you. <laughs> so the first concept is resurrection and this is being defined as christ rising from the dead does this most remind you of a c t b anisa or c veronica Ooh. okay i would have to say c t because he i think he had a period of time where he was not really on the show that much sometime between like when he punched out davis for being gay um, and then he came back after he became a father. So I would <laughs> right. have, 
I would have to say that would go to him. And Anissa, she never really quit. She's just, she's just been a constant. Yeah. Veronica, still waiting for her to come back. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. What do you think? So they're all, they're all at different levels of a Christ-like redemption. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would totally say CT also because he had, you know, he was kind of, kind of an anti-hero villain even. Mm. And now yeah. he's like, he's like a, a fan fave for sure. Yeah, that's what annoys me about the show. <laughs> <laughs> because if you're, I mean, not to be provocative, but Ooh. if you're, you know, a white straight guy on the show, you're going to be mm-hmm. a hero mm-hmm. even if. You do really terrible things consistently for decades. <sighs> That's what we've we've seen with some of them. Mm, well, it's the most real reality show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an accurate reflection of society. Oh, yeah. So we love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, great. So, uh, Lauren, do you want to read the second? Yeah. So, okay. This next one is karma, which is the sum of a person's actions in this and previous states of existence, viewed as deciding their fate in future existences. Who best captures this feeling? Is it A, Paula, B, Johnny Bananas, or C, Cara Maria? Mm. I would say Johnny. Um, Mm. Insofar as when he he took Sarah's money on that uh, Rivals 3, I think it was. And um, then since then, he has not won again. So people talk about it being a curse. Mm. So we could apply that to the karmic philosophy. Yeah, that makes sense. But tell me why you picked those other people. I played Paula because I also follow her on Instagram. Yeah. And she seems like she has a really great life. And she kind of got screwed over a lot, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, or not treated super well by some men on the show. Mm. And I was like, maybe she's had positive karma. She seems like a happy mom. Yeah. I don't know her. That, her post-show life really makes me happy because a lot of times the cast members kind of like the the maturation process is suspended and they sort of embrace <laughs> the persona of their character on the show and then that's it like that evolution is over yeah and for her she's done so many wonderful things and is so well adjusted now i didn't see it coming and i'm so happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> who was the third choice uh cara maria oh yeah why did you choose her I don't know. She's just always, something's always going on with her. (laughs) That's true. And I feel like you could apply karma negatively or positively, just depending on whatever, like, sliver of her journey you would want to focus on. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's fair. I like her. I was, I'm just happy that she's sort of becoming the female version of the male hero on the show. Mm, You're right. I do like that. You're very much right. Because if they do a billboard or something, they will usually put her on it now. That makes me. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and our last one is Grace. Defined as courteous goodwill. Is it A, Sarah, B, Tori Hall, mm-hmm. or C, TJ? <laughs> <laughs> Not TJ. <laughs> TJ winds me up. I get so mad at him. It's got to be Sarah. There's no question. She's that makes so sense. nice. And even after that whole thing with Johnny, um, I think she's been a class act about it. I haven't been, but she has been, and it's really sweet and lovely. She's not been, yeah, totally. TJ's well, you're annoying. Be- but go ahead. Is he? I I just 
I find ha- just having to stand there <laughs> would take. I've had so many jobs in life where I remind myself whatever skill, talent I was hired for, part of your job is just to stand there or sit there. <laughs> and that's a lot of his. I, I I guess I relate to him on that level. <laughs> well, and he's wonderful, but it, and because he comes from like a competition background, he really is judgmental when he feels like people don't give their oh. all. And I call him out on it and he's like, well, there's a whole line of people that would take your place. So if you're going to quit, that's unfair to all these people that wish they were doing it. But that annoys me because he doesn't know what it's like in the house. Sure. But yeah, he's super, of course. He's super nice. <laughs> um that's so funny yeah there was a point in the challenge where things started get more oriented around tj like they always call it his final now like run my final and i was like when did that happen (laughs) i think after you remember when he had the accident and he was put into like a medical coma or induced coma i think after that when he came back everyone was so happy that they were just Aww. like wanting to celebrate him more. And I'm sure he's had some negotiations in his contract. Sure. Too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But now he's like the show. You know, it used to sort of, they would rotate hosts. Yeah, they but, had a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that, I mean, thank you so much. So now we know. Now we know. Sarah evokes grace. Johnny Bananas is karma. And CT is the resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I love it. I I love it. Well, I, I I come to you today with a a, a thesis uh, because something that Caitlin and I were talking about in preparing for this week is that, first of all, religion on TV, it, it, it's always such a str- strange world, right? Because it, it is, it's, it's presented in... We see the same sort of storylines represented over and over again, often. And when most people think about religion on TV, you do think like touched by an angel or you think like mm-hmm. a Hallmark Christmas channel or you think about like April Kepner on Grey's Anatomy. And it's often <laughs> and it's often like it's usually a, a white store, a white character or person. And it's often Christian. And it's usually about struggling like and there's always like a story of like struggle about it somewhere right like I'm struggling with my religion or I'm being uh you know judged by my religion but like I was just like my racking my brain this week I was like I keep thinking of these like storylines and they all feel so same right like like everything feels very the same and I was like there's not a lot like and I think it, it, it I was like wow you know we're talking about wanting more diverse representation in our in our art and in our world and more equality. And I think that um, if we want that, we also need to support the stories that are out and being made that are giving us that. Mm. And so my thesis today is we need to, if we want to see more diversity, we need to, and more equality, we have to like make sure we're all tuning into the stories that are out there that are different narratives. <laughs> and so yes. um, there's a couple that I've, that during sheltering in place, I have discovered and fallen in love with. And I think if we can all watch the one the stories that are out there, it'll prove that there are people that want to tune in and watch it. So here, here are th- a couple of shows that um, are critically acclaimed, but I just find most pe- like 
most often when I like talk about them, people go, oh, I should watch that. But they haven't actually watched it yet. And so I just want to like <laughs> shout out to a couple shows I think everyone should be watching. So uh, first, this has been my like absolute favorite watch of Shelter in Place. And I hope everyone's watching it. Never Have I Ever on Netflix, uh, which is a Mindy Kaling show. And it's loosely inspired about her growing up. And it shows this amazing a uh, relationship between a young teenage girl and her identity uh, growing up as, you know, here in America, but with this, uh, but she's a first generation uh, uh, Southeast Asian woman growing up with uh, a Hindu background. And it really celebrates the Hindu religion in an interesting way. And it explored, um, I don't know, it showcased it in a way that was really cool to me and that I hadn't really ever seen in a tv show like you know i think about like i think the other (laughs) major like hindi storylines i've seen have all been centered around like marriage when i think about like when i think about like hindu stories being told on tv they're like nine like almost all about like marriage and i was like how cool to see like a teenage girl navigating her teenage life and this be part of her identity and so i really love that and so shout out to Netflix and Never Have I Ever. It's really, really awesome. And then um, another show that I have really enjoyed, and this is, it is, it's a, such a strange one, but um, the Kings, who were the showrunners and creators of The Good Wife, they have a show on CBS called Evil, and it's all about Catholicism. But it's like really wackadoo because it's like (laughs) it's a it's part like mystery and procedural. There's like a different mystery they're solving every week. But it's also like it's kind of it's not a perfect show. It's like it's a it's a network show and it's got its flaws. But they have uh, one of the lead characters is this um, is this uh, priest named David Acosta and he's a black man and seeing like a black man navigating being a black man in the world but also being a man of faith in the world uh is really interesting and like it brings up the show has had like a lot of different interesting uh takes and explorations of stuff and it's like that's happening on network tv and i don't know a single person other than my little brother and my mom who are watching it (laughs) um and it's interesting and then I myself realized in preparing for the show that I was one of the people doing the very thing that I complain about, which is saying, oh, I have to watch that show and not doing it. And that was Rami on Hulu. Rami is I just started watching it and I'm so mad at myself that it took me this long in this podcast to like finally delve into it. (laughs) What an amazing and complicated and like nuanced exploration of what it means to be like a millennial Muslim in the United States and his his Muslim identity is at the like forefront of this story and narrative and it's so interesting to explore and yeah so those are three shows that I've been watching in Shelter in Place that all have interesting and and very different relationships to religion and I think you know and I and I want to know about more I'm sure there's more out there that I should be watching too and it's like if we want to see more, we have to be watching what's already out there to prove. That's such a good point. Right. I'm so glad you're yeah. saying that because you're so right. And the way that religion has been presented historically on television has not been representative of people's lived experiences and certainly not people of color or other minority groups within the U.S. religious landscape. Mm-hmm. And so then they become this sort of exotic other 
that feels a bit mm-hmm. scary mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with it. And so that can lead to discrimination and all sorts of other terrible cultural things. And you're so right. If there's representation and if you want to support that, you ought to be watching it. Totally. And I don't know. And I think it's exciting because as I was, I was like, there are there are interesting stories being told out there. And like like even like this most recent season of Queer Eye, they did an episode with a pastor who was identified as gay uh, and the whole episode, one of the big sort of like through lines of the episode was him stepping into that and owning it so that others in the congregation could see themselves and see that like mm-hmm. they could have a relationship with God. Right. That 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 who you love doesn't have to mean that you can't also be loved by your creator. And I was like that. Like, I want to see those stories. Right. Like, um, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, we don't talk about diversity of faith as much mm-hmm. on television, though it's obviously like related to basically every other kind of diversity. Yeah. <laughs> I but don't you think it, people are just scared because it's sort of the, you know, religion and politics you're not supposed to talk about in uh-huh. company. And so to put it in a show, particularly a uh, sitcom, yeah. is a, you know, a minefield. <laughs> Totally, yeah, yeah. Or, or it will continue to be if people aren't brave enough to tackle that, right? Like, until we start normalizing it, it will remain taboo and strange and scary. But I was thinking about this. A student of mine, um, they were pitching topics for a speech uh, for an assignment in my class. And one of the students was like, I think I want to talk about, like, um, religion. And I was like, OK. And we were we were going back and forth trying to figure out, like, what her claim would be. For this persuasive speech and she basically said I don't really she's like I'm having a hard time articulating what I want to say I'm just tired of people judging me based on what they assume m- my experiences based on my religion right she's like people make as soon right. as she's like as soon as they she's like as soon as I say I'm Jewish people make assumptions but as soon as I say I'm orthodox Jewish they add all these like layers of judgment on top of it and she was like I just want to be judged for who I am not for who like others with my faith have been in the past right and I was like that's so interesting (laughs) and that's so true and I was like yeah and I think tv you know we have it 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 is a it is a window into another world like it's a powerful medium right like I like it's powerful and so like yeah religious telling more diverse stories of of different expressions of faith I think is something that I would really love to see more of and I think it's so cool that there are shows out there like Rami and Never Have I Ever that are at the are doing it, and now I want more. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good point, Absolutely. though, and to encourage folks to do the same, just consume them so they keep making them, or they'll stop. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, for our book club, uh, we just read Andre Leon Talley's yeah. memoir, and um, he's. Uh, attends Christian church every Mm -hmm. Sunday and that's not something you would just know but it's it would be interesting uh we were kind of like talking in our book club meeting about like what would a Hulu or Netflix version of this look like and I wonder if they would just include his faith because it's just part of him it's not his focus of his job it's not it's not where most of his social life is so I I wonder how they would tackle that well and I think you know in the past, they probably would have written it out because that's not what sounds sexy about his story, right? Like, you you right. want to see him front row at Paris Fashion Week. That's what's sexy. 
But like, I want to see him in that church pew. And I want to see him on the phone calling his friend who's like helping him navigate his life because she's like, you know, uh, I forget the, exactly how he described their conversations, but like, you know, he he has this like spirit. He has this friend who's like a spiritual leader in his life. Mentor. Yeah. yeah and um, yeah. And it's like, I think we should stop. I think we like sanitize stories a lot to keep it respectful and to keep it simple and to not. But humans are complicated and they're messy. And I I hope that we're moving towards, uh, you know, a TV industry where we allow our characters to be more complicated. It seems like I think like, you know, ha- like, you know, it, it it's exciting with streaming and everything like that. It feels like people are taking more risks and they are being more like. But yeah, like. When it has so much to do with someone's identity mm-hmm. and their the meaning of their life, because especially if Andre was attending services each week, his participation is quite high for an American right now. And so obviously that's informing his own mm-hmm. self, his identity and how he sees himself and probably his decisions. And so that seems important and glaring uh, omission if it's not included. Yeah, it's just I like think back on it and there's like so many of like so many television shows that I grew up loving. And like I look back and I go, wow, they never actually talked about religion. And that's so weird because that's just not truthful. Right. Like how strange is it that, you know, I was like, I don't know what anyone's religion is on Dawson's Creek. <laughs> other than like Grams, and you would know if they. Other said. than Grams, Grams was the only one, and like, and it was, Good and point. it was used as like a, a um tool. It's divisive. It was used. It was divisively used, and it was a, and it was a, a tool of like, you know, and everything centered around between like the granddaughter and grandmother struggling to see eye to eye. But it's like. They can't be the only two people in Cape Side worried about this. And like all of the issues that the character of Jack had coming out and all the homophobia, you're like, well, a lot of that's probably rooted in, you know what I mean? Like everything is like all of these storylines that you're dancing around. It's like, I don't know. I just thought it was like a revelation I was having. I was like, oh, I consumed a lot of TV. Probably the only one that like growing up that I watched where they regularly talked about it was Sabrina because you knew she was a witch. So... Right, that is a big part of her. Lauren, what? How do you identify? Are you? Um, do you have a title that you give yourself in terms of religion? Um, I, I've always like optimistically agnostic. I guess, like, <laughs> optimistic. I, I like that because like, I don't. I've never yeah. like I don't belong to a church. Like my mom, I like you know my mom. As I said, my mom was a lapsed Catholic. My dad was an atheist Jew. Um religion was always something I was intrigued by and curious about but like nothing that but I've you know never felt called home or anything but but like do you feel like your secularism is part of your identity because I would imagine it would be even though it's like the absence of something at time yeah I think like at at times I definitely growing up my 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 lack of connection to a religion definitely informed a lot because it felt like something that I was missing and something that was like weird and off uh, about me. And I also remember being really confused about religion because it felt like religion was something that was had needed to be handed down to you that if you didn't have a personal family connection to it, like it didn't, 
I was like, well, I have to be either Catholic or Jewish because like it's got to come from somewhere. Like I remember thinking that. And I at one point I remember in middle school, like asking my mom, I was like, I think I should probably start going to temple and probably start going to youth group and trying to decide which one's for me. <laughs> and my parents just kind of looking at me both being like, well, that's not really how religion works. And also what? And I'm like, <laughs> but but so yeah. you, didn't, you didn't go for that plan in the end? A, a little bit I, here and there. I mean, I think I may have said this on the show before, but like I was it, it was weird. I was like in a community where I was exposed to a lot of religion. Like if, uh, I had a lot of friends who like if you slept over at their house on the weekend, you had to go to church with them. That was like a house rule in a lot of in a lot of families down south. So I, I went to a lot of church and then, you know, and in my adult years, I lived with my Catholic grandmother who we lived next door to her church and she went every day and I didn't. Uh, so I've always, religion has always been around me and talked about a lot, even though I don't practice, which is why I find it so interesting that even as someone who doesn't practice any particular faith, I am so aware of and influenced by religion and to see its absence in so much of our, uh, television is so weird to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. But I think they're too scared. Totally. totally. Maybe streaming will help, though, because they're less scared. Yeah, which is so exciting. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. what can happen if we keep if we keep just like, yeah, because like it was so like Rami in particular, it was so fun because like the character of Rami is like trying to figure out his place in his own religion. And because he's confused and lost, it gives me an opportunity to learn. Like I learned so much. I was le- oh, fun. I was learning so much about, um, you know, different customs and stuff because there's like particularly um, without giving too many spoilers because you should all go watch it for yourselves. But like he's dating Muslim women for the first time and he's making judgments about them based on his preconceived notions and watching him get challenged. Like I was just like, really? Yeah, I was like, oh, wow, I'm so ignorant about this faith. Like I've like, you know, I thought I like understood a lot of uh, things, but it's like, but in, but I understand it in a very like academic sense, right? Like it's different to really see something through someone's personal lived experience mm-hmm. and through their frame of reference. Right. Well, I mean, that's so important for like Muslim stories in particular, because <laughs> I was looking up things to talk about for this episode and I literally Googled Muslims on TV and every almost like nine out of 10 characters were like Saeed from Lost, mm. uh, Quantico, like they all dealt with like foreign affairs. Yes, basically. Right. <laughs> totally right they're so yeah and it's like yeah i don't know so i hope i want to get better about it and i hope anyone that's listening to this who's like screaming at your device or, lauren you should be watching this show please please email us please slide into yeah. our dms because i i'm on the hunt i want to hear these stories i want to consume these stories and uh i want to help amplify these stories because they're so important and they're so interesting and it's like and it's fun and yeah i don't know that's all that's all that was my thesis that's great that's amazing (laughs) um well thank you (sighs) Susie. anything we missed from religion on tv god i just like picking your brains you guys are so interesting (laughs) um no i was reflecting though on the things i love to watch from like in the evening when i just want to chill out and they are all 80s sitcoms and yes boy I mean, now I notice the whiteness so much more than ever. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then in planning for this discussion, I was thinking about the ways in which they use religion, which is always just sort of a a plot device to get to something else. Yeah. 
Um, never. It's not even substantive in any way. It's just something to use to get to the point. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess it's improving, but I'm seeing it now more through that lens. Like, oh, all this stuff I love is really whitewashed and usually Protestant, maybe yes. Catholic, nothing else. And that's not great. Yeah. Yeah. We got so, you know, we need more Bibles and choirs singing around reality people again. Where'd that go? <laughs> that all went out the window too. <laughs> they don't cast virgins yeah. anymore, let's just say. Oh. No. <laughs> no. I always say they used to do like all different types and there were tropes and stuff, but at least there were some, some from everywhere. But now it's just like one character, party people. Totally, which is such much. a bummer. Which is such a bummer. Like, I, you know, a couple of friends with Pride Month were sharing various stories about um, Pedro's storyline from the real yes. world. Mm -hmm. And thinking about like the early days of like what they were doing on the real world was so interesting. And I did like, like some of my earliest exposure to different, you know, ways of li like, in, in like ways of thinking were from that show like like I remember like the first I never I never knew a Mormon before I saw one on real world <laughs> you know yeah. right and, and I, I thought that's that was so important what they were doing and mm -hmm. they still hang their hat on it like they're still talking about Pedro and yeah. Pedro's story is so important and great but like that was 20 years ago 25 years mm -hmm. ago yeah where's the new where wh why are where's the next chapter in that book right yeah why yeah they kind of gave up yeah which is such a bummer so hopefully with all the conversations that are happening uh right now maybe those books will get reopened in those stories and, and well because there has been there have been moments of like incredible exploration on tv for for these different things so hopefully it'll yeah. get reignited and i always say yeah. you know great storytelling can still be ethical and mm -hmm. diverse and um, challenging and provocative. Like I think they worry that then all the like juicy drama will go away, but it didn't. Remember, Pedro's season was one of the craziest yeah. of all. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Look at the Bible. That's wild. The Bible is wild. It's out of control. <laughs> drama, drama, drama. That's so true. There's sex, murder, polygamy. Yeah. And your favorite and you find animals and you find it in all <laughs> religions all religions have some juicy juicy drama and there's a lot of magic in religion too which is yeah there's a lot fun. of magic and i think that's love a cool. bit of magic cool birds <laughs> i love it well Susie, thank you so much this has been a delight where can our listeners find you oh, gosh you know i'm around town on twitter <laughs> at Susie underscore meister my show's called brain candy podcast that's on all the podcast players so yeah just hunt me down you'll find me amazing well <laughs> it's been so much fun picking your brain getting to know you uh listeners we want to hear from you what do you want us to dive into next who do you hope will be put to the test with our very challenging high stakes quizzes and games high stakes uh who do you want to see let us know uh we stand social at gmail.com we're on instagram we're on twitter slide into those dms we want to hear from you yeah and join the book yes club. virtual book club is where it's at all right until then we are we we stand, stand together together sometimes we're together <laughs> <laughs> it's hard on zoom bye <laughs>